Hello and welcome to the Indie Alternative Podcast. It's me, Chris. This is part two of the super 90s indie Britpop mashup battle that I did with James from the Oasis podcast at the end of last year. So before you listen to this episode, I highly recommend you listen to part one. And you can find that on the Oasis podcast platform and links to that will be in the show notes. It's a lot of fun and we talk a lot of waffle. So if you've caught up with that, let's get cracking with part two. Hello and welcome to the Indie Alternative Podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, James, from the Oasis Podcast. We're back again for round two, ding, ding. Yeah, of the, yeah exactly, of, another half. Of the Indie Mash, no, the Indie, what's it called? What are we calling this? <laughs> well, it's like the bracket, Britpop, I, called it, I think I called it the Britpop KO Tournament, Britpop Knockout Tournament, or Bracket Fight, or whatever. We put together the 64 top Britpop and Indie bands, as chosen by me, and vaguely seed a few of them and then bash them together and then see who's going to win the end of it. Yeah. And sorry to keep everyone waiting, but this is this has been one of those yearly shows. Maybe we should have put this out in 2023 <laughs> just to keep the, the anticipation going. Yeah, I know. Champing at the bit. But, well, uh... the last episode we did what we did the first season well how do you what, what was the first kind of quarter final well, it was the first half so first, half. first half of the draw so yeah so we've got we've done the first half of the draw so we know that as where we left it off um the finalists came down to oasis and pulp and we sort of said well look, why don't we put this to the listeners and see what they chose and seeing as my oasis podcast account has primarily <laughs> oasis fans it came out like 86 percent oasis 14 percent pulp so so oasis do make it through to the final and then whoever makes it through this side of it will take on oasis in the final and then we'll have to decide or maybe it goes to the public again uh the oasis wins in the final yeah it's a tricky one but i mean obviously looking at it with objectivity is is the challenge because i mean obviously you, you your podcast is an oasis podcast uh, my podcast looks at any kind of thing, any Britpop or indie music, but, you know, there is an appreciation of all the bands, regardless of where you sit in your podcast feed. So, you know, Oasis are a massive band, as we discussed on the last episode, but it doesn't mean they made the best music of the era. So okay. we need to um, we need to be realistic about it. But they have championed. I mean, the first round was, I mean, it was, was interesting because we managed to talk quite cohesively, I think, at, at most points about all the bands in that uh, first round. And I think hopefully about we'll the, do the same the, again. <laughs> the first hour was quite cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> well, After got, that, it just went, oh, just flick a, just a coin, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've got to warn you, I'm on, I'm finishing the last of the, the, the Christmas Baileys tonight because it's been that kind of weekend. So um, it's probably going to get worse. I've had one large one already. So we're just, so any ice you hear chinking is me being quite, you know, festive, uh, festive with my Baileys. Late. Yeah. <laughs> festive and late. Dry, dry January has not gone very well for me. No. <laughs> no. Come on. Well, let's, let's kick it off then. Let's go to the first. Well, you've got the first one up, and this is the um, first part one. <laughs> yes. So we've got, so the number, the, the, so kicking it off, we've got the number two seed which was Blur uh, versus Marion. Mm. Um, and just to re- just remind everyone, I did all the first round matches I put on Twitter as well when I posted these out. 
and Blur got 93% and Marion got 7%. So, yeah, I think that's pretty strong. I mean, uh, Marion are one of those, like a number of bands here that I mainly know through Shine albums. And so I know <laughs> where have you been tonight? And no, wait, that's Shed 7, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the one? Good start. The, <laughs> no, Sleep is their big tune. But what's the other one? There's something that's called like, where have you been tonight? But yeah, anyway, Marion. And, and then it's basically then it's been what I've heard on the Britpop Revival show over the years as well. And there is some really good songs, but Blur are just on another level for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, just there, how they've evolved through the years and what they're continuing to do. I think we discussed this last time, but just in terms of what Damon, Albert, Damon Albans put out and uh, his own back catalogue alone is just incredible. Um, Marion, a great band, and I'm the same with you, really. I had the big singles were always on my mix albums, you know, I used to listen to and music that I used to pogo to at the indie, indie discos back in the day. But they, they kind of, it's a shame they really um, disappeared. And I, I don't, I think they probably had legs. They were quite musically very talented. Um, so great songwriting and a great front man who's still kicking around on social media if you want to mm-hmm. uh, dig him out, Jamie. But it's a shame they really disappeared the way they did. And I think they would have had, for whatever reason, and I don't know. Yeah, shame they didn't, they didn't go on to do more. But Blur, I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yes, are going to be the, the winners on this occasion, which I think might come back again at several points in this uh, competition, second round. Jamie's been is so elusive. I know he's on social media a lot, but he just doesn't do very much in terms of interviews. No, no. Anyway. I mean, he was extremely good looking back in the day, wasn't he? Yeah, that yes. was that was probably one of their best. That you know, one of their things was just that. Yeah, the perfect front man, handsome, great yeah. front man, fantastic hair, which yeah. was very important in the in those days. Now, so on to the next one. So Blur are comfortably through. So we've got Saint Etienne, another very attractive lead singer. Yeah. Uh, and that is the Supernaturals, I think. Not a great photo, but yeah, that's the Supernaturals. Yeah, Supernaturals. So what do you think? Yeah, for me, it's the Supernaturals. I love St. Etienne. And uh, they're still going strong and released an album, I think, last uh, end of last year or maybe early this year. I can't remember. But still recording and a, a, a fantastic following, but such a mature sound, I think, as well, and so diverse. But I think the, the good thing about uh, the Supernaturals for me is just, the humour in the song. So we talked a bit about this in the last episode as well that we did about how important humour was in the music of bands like Super Furries and things like that and, and Supergrass. But they really shone through in terms of that. Um, they didn't take themselves very seriously. Um, I've interviewed the band or the singer of the band uh, for an episode of the podcast and he was incredibly um, laid back and, and really kind of um, reflective about how how good their ride was in the music you know in the 90s and how bad it was as well and how certain songs were pretty much like an albatross um around their necks especially smile which is one of their biggest mm. singles uh, and if it's still played and on adverts and things like that and he told me some really kind of funny but also quite poignant stories about that song and when they kind of were dropped by their label and the bass player was having his hair cut and uh, having a sort of small talk with the barber and asked him, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a musician. And Smile came on the radio. And he went, oh, I did this song. 
And uh, the barber just looked at him and just thought he was an absolute nutter. Because why would you say that? I think they're coming together again. I think I saw a post on their social media of them doing some more recordings. Um, I really hope they do because he's got a great voice. And as I say, they've great sense of humor about them. But for me, it's for me, it's supernaturals. Yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I really like both groups, but neither of them are, you know, standouts for me. Uh, they've got the supernaturals have got that great tune i wasn't built to get up yeah and that had a really funny video as well and i think i've got a playlist of like can't get out of bed by the charlatans i think there's there's sort of there's a few um, elastico waking up and getting up or wake- waking up exactly yeah. uh supergrass sofa of my lethargy there's a, quite a yeah. few um i'm so tired the beatles so yeah there's there's like a, a it might even be on spotify but you know my kind of Britpop and other kind of lazy or can't be asked to get out of bed uh, playlist and yeah yeah but no and and Saint Etienne I really like and um but yeah I'm I'm more than happy to go Supernaturals. What's this one? Corner Shop, and another Welsh band, uh, Gorky's. Gorky psychotic monkey. Wow, you go first on this one. So I would go Corner Shop on this one. Uh, I um I interviewed Tajinda, who's who was brilliant. I don't know if we talked about it last episode, but I did a, a run of a podcast in lockdown, uh, 1001 albums. I started listening to the list of 1001 albums. I thought, right, I'm going to do that. And then, uh, and as I'm listening, I thought, what's the point of me listening to them if I can't then create content about it? So, so, you know, everything's an opportunity to create content. So mm-hmm. I am, um, I'm, I'm deliberately sounding like a dickhead, by the way, I know. Yeah. Um, that, uh, and I interviewed uh, Tajinda for that. And we did like a double header where we did a, a sort of a bit of time talking about they, uh, them and Oasis, because they've mm. had a few links with Oasis, like they supported them on tour briefly in America. Uh, Gwigsy played on a tune of theirs. Um, there's a couple of other bits and pieces as well. So that was really good. And then, and then also their album, um, uh, When I Was Born for the Seventh Time, is in the 1001 Albums book. Um, and it was quite interesting because to Jim, he's, you know, he's, he's a, he doesn't mince his words. He's, you know, he's brilliant interviewee. And he was like, that's bullshit. It's like, that's our like fifth best album. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's plenty more that should be in there. And I completely agree. You know, they're, they're so well known for the, the Fat Boy Slim remix of Brimful of Asher, but they're so good. There's so, so much depth in their music and so many interesting, you know, diff, diverse and different sounds and, you know, from hip hop and sampling to like punk to, you know, it's just, yeah. So but and, then, and their, late, their latest album is extremely sort of almost proggy. It's kind of got yeah. like a real, uh, yeah, a real rocky feel to it. And uh, Gorky's is another one, uh, I'll be honest, that I've not dug into loads. You know, I remember the Patio song and, you know, and, and the odd tune here and there. And they felt like another sort of similar to SFA, but maybe a little bit more quirky. Oh, um, yeah. But but yeah, I'd, you know, hands up is not one I've dug into significantly beyond that. Corner shop for me. Yeah, corner shop for me too. I, I did a, an episode with with Jajinda as well, and uh, early on in, early on in season one, and he, we talked we talked a lot about Brexit and politics and everything because he is is such a strong activist and all sorts of stuff. And um, but yeah, loads of um, like really cool um, collaborations they've done as well. But yeah, it's just an interesting band. I mean, mm. Gorky's. I'm the same with you, really. I've, I've, other than listening to their sort of singles on the evening session back in the day, and I have tried to approach them, but they are just so elusive. Probably not. We're not probably doing them justice on this episode by you know talking about them. But maybe other listeners can just 
talk to themselves about how good they are and we'll just pick corner shop all right so this one uh, the next the next set, uh, sort of um fight is between black grape and the blue tones which is mm. which is a shame but it, because i don't feel like i can put the blue tones through and i don't know what other people think about this and maybe i should just view the music as the music um based on things that have come out in the last couple of months about uh, Mark Morris, the lead singer. But, you know, without, maybe we should take a, a different view on this this pairing based on the music. I don't know what you feel. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's it's really hard that. I mean, if we're, you know, yes, it sounds like Mark Morris is a complete bastard. John Lennon was a complete bastard, you know, to to women especially. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, talk about Lee, uh, Liam Gallagher's not had a great record with, with women over the years. You know, it's, I'm not saying that's a, you know, not excusing. I'm just saying it's like he's the current one that's that's there. But there's a lot of others that have got a lot of dodgy stuff in there, you know, in the background. Um, you know, I I think we judge him on their own merit. I, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's really tough with those two coming up together. I mean, the fact they're both they're next to each other on my shelf as well, uh-huh. <laughs> black and blue, probably favour the blue tones. Yeah, I, I would too, and I think they they were really uh, influential in terms of good, just the sound and the guitar work, and brings back so many memories. I mean, expecting to fly was the soundtrack to a certain time of the summer of a certain of the year it was obviously released, and uh, I've got you know I made great friends, and just it just kind of it's the background for a lot of great times for me. And you know, I, when when great when you're straight came out uh, as well for Black Grape, I just remember it being so different and vibrant and bassy and and cool and I interviewed Kermit for the podcast and he was so down to earth and um intimidating and scary uh but also really cool I mean I felt intimidated and scared by him just because of the punkness of him you know and and kind of probably what I would would kind of perceive him to be like because of their well the whole nature of that band just being raw and 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 uh, you know not being able to tell what they were going to do and they would do, they did that all the time and Sean Ryder and Kermit were a great duo in that respect but he had some great stories and it was cool actually in the end I think it was just more my nerves than anything else but I think I would choose the Blue Tones just because of ultimately how the music affected me back in the day. Should we go with the blue tones because of the connection to the music more? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do that. This is a this is shouldn't be too tricky. Radiohead versus heavy stereo. Wow. Well, I'll go with this one. It's it's a no-brainer for me. Radiohead are the best band in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but you know, they have a track record of releasing albums that, you know, not I would say turn off fans, but would make fans think twice about, you know what they were who they were listening to and you know what their intentions are about producing music because you know if you think about the Benz uh Pablo Honey the Benz um and then OK Computer as being solid rock kind of indie albums and then them coming out with Amnesiac or Kid A I can't remember which one came first and then it completely throwing curveballs at you and then ever since then it's been a mixture of everything really coming at you and I I, I love it for I love them for that and um they're a brilliant, brilliant band, and I hope they have a record coming out soon because it's been a long, long time. One of my favorite, I think my favorite album ever is In Rainbows. Uh, I just think that's just superb. It's got so many fantastic tracks. I think it came out in 2007, but 
heavy stereo i interviewed and i can't remember everyone's name this is really embarrassing i should remember but the drummer came on the show quite recently uh, to nick, talk about nick yeah, jones thank you to talk about heavy stereo and their time and you know they're obviously connected to oasis now and bdi and everything but yeah really good band and and yeah very fuzzy and glammy uh, and just raucous and just you know not I'm not ashamed to be so uh, that way so that yeah I, I really I really like their music and I enjoyed it at the time but Radiohead are just you know heads and shoulders above them in terms of just being able to just be so diverse no I agree you know, heavy stereo a decent band but I think for me you know like it, people often say like in or people say in interviews like oh well yeah Britpop there was a few like three or four decent bands but all the others were crap Right. And that's something you hear quite a lot. Yeah. And it's just so lazy. I mean, when we've been doing this, how many of them are like really, really good bands? Um, but Heavy Stereo for me are in that world with Hurricane Number no. One, Northern Uproar, that, yeah, they were a decent enough band. But if it hadn't been for Britpop, would they have been signed? You know what I mean? Would, the, would they have been one of those bands that, like, oh, yeah, there was that cool band I used to see play live, you know, in Newcastle or whatever, but, you know, would they have made it had it not been for Britpop? Don't know, because yeah. while they're good, while I like a lot of their stuff, you know, there's there's hundreds of other bands I've heard over the years that didn't get a record deal that, that just didn't come out at that time. I think OK Computer was like the perfect mix of, you know, how out there they could be and these brilliant ideas and his voice and the songwriting and everything. And then when it moves into Kid A and Amnesiac and all the other stuff, I appreciate that it's brilliant, but it's just, okay, you're out of my range of what I really like now. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. Some of the stuff on that album, on those albums, isn't listenable. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's not an enjoyable listen. And I, I struggled with a lot of it, but there are, you know, you can tick, pick tracks out of them, which is so pyramid song. It's gotta be, I think, I can't even remember what album that's on now. It's either on one of the two, but that's just, an amazing track, haunting, and and it, they are just untouchable. Oh, here we go! That's another one of my fans. I've just said this is the example. Yeah, an uproar versus Travis. It's weird having Travis in this because you kind of all really kind of connect them with the noughties, but if we forget their first album, um, "Good Feeling," came out in the nineties. They're good. I loved Travis. I loved mm. Travis so much. <laughs> I just wanted to be in Travis. But yeah, they were they were really, really popular. And then they weren't. It's a bit like the Coldplay effect. Yeah. They were so big. And Coldplay capitalised, I think, on some of their sound. Definitely. Mm. They, their um, second album was the one that kind of everyone just went, whoa, this is this acoustic, heartfelt kind of stuff they were going for. And just the songwriting. Great band and, and still going strong. Northern Uproar, I interviewed uh, Leon for the podcast and he was sad, seemed really up, you know, still very sad that it, it, hadn't, it hadn't gone the way he'd hoped to. He was, they were so young as well when they were mm. signed and thrown into, in, a, in the deep end, really, with what they were asked to do by the label. And they, they learned instruments to sort of do what they were doing. And I saw them live at the university near where I live in Southampton and, they were chaotic, but still just raucous. And I think that's what their appeal was, is they were appealing to the already young Oasis fans. But Travis for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm happy with Travis. I, like, I think it's, a, it's almost a shame that Travis 
that the second album did so well because I really, really like the first album. It's really rocking. You're like you um, 16 girls and yeah. all I want to do is rock. And like, you know, um, this, there's some real, you know, bouncy rocking cool songs on there. And then, yeah. And then the second album with like writing to reach you and driftwood and stuff comes out and it's much more that acoustic sound. And obviously it went so massive and then they're like, Oh, do that, you know? And then yeah. so that was kind of the, the route they then went on for the rest of their career. But I really liked the first one. And he, he had a little, he had a little vocal tick where he'd do that, like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like a little thing he would do, like Brett going, aha. And, you know, I like it when people have got a little tick, you know, or a little thing yeah, that they yeah. always tend to do. And he, he would do that quite a bit. Whereas then that's like, okay, it doesn't really fit now. Travis, make it through. Travis, make um, it through. Who is that? That is Kaniki versus Rialto. Kaniki versus Rialto. This is a tricky one because I could probably count the songs from both these bands on half a hand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked, I had the single for Rialto. Was it Monday morning, 519 or something? Yes. Which is their big yeah. epic kind of song. Yeah. And Kaniki had a song that was about driving or something. I can't remember. It was quite poppy. There's Punker is was you know there's the big punker was the big one mm. and then there was uh pvc yeah well vaseline no elastica did vaseline but they right. did they did one i think they did one similar like pvc mm-hmm. yeah no i think they had some really good yeah really good punk pop singles knicky and then yeah and then rialto i said was that a little bit more grandiose and big and um like monday morning 519 and say a big one but yeah i'm similar to you in that yep heard handful of songs from both of them from singles never bought any albums so i would probably i would probably favor kinicky because i know more of a track record of their stuff um because i heard like you know probably five or six songs versus one or two but yeah, yeah. kinicky i think will go through just they were you know four girls and they were rare it's a rare band in the 90s we had front women but we didn't have many all girl groups and they were great the drummer was male Okay, so there was lots of girls in the band and uh, one dashing lad. <laughs> Who's next? Supergrass versus the Lightning Seeds. What was it? We go out, we get we get drunk, smoke a fag, <laughs> put it out. That I mean, that's the worst line, I think, of the worst re- reproduction of that line ever. Uh, <laughs> Danny, Gaz and Mickey, or Mike, to his yeah. mum and dad. They were, yeah. they, they were a funny bunch of hairy lads, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean, Supercross were just young and, and fun, weren't they? But they matured so much in front of our own eyes with their, their later releases. And uh, I, I think they're a great band, still going strong. Mm. Gaz has got a great singing voice. He's got a great mm. uh, delivery. And I, I don't know about... Um, the other bands lightning seeds i've just never got on with ian Brody's vocals it's just never not really no i'm just a bit meh about those guys i appreciate they were massive but just never for me unfortunately Mm. and he won't reply to my uh, email so i've I've screwed that up now anyway (laughs) (laughs) well i i'm obviously super grass because uh oxford you're related and, to them. <laughs> no, well, probably uh, somewhere along the line. But yeah, on the Oxford music scene, 
you know, they'd made it a couple of years and then before us. And Charlie Coombs, the younger brother of Gaz, was around on the scene going to gigs and things like that. Lightning Seeds is a funny one. Like, uh, you know, it's one of those tricky ones where it's like, you know, I haven't included the farm and I haven't included Stone Roses and I haven't included a lot of like the, you know, late 80s or early 90s bands. You know, they were doing stuff or, or Ian was doing stuff like Pure and, and things like that and Sense in the pre-Britpop era. But then they were so big in Britpop, especially with Three Lions and then stuff like Sugarcoated Iceberg and things like that that were like big Britpop singles. So they had to be in there, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love um, the song Perfect. Uh, I think that's a beautiful song. And it's got and there's a great acoustic version of it as well. that was on a B-side that I just that was on mixtapes for me for forever. I absolutely love that. But yeah, but Supergrass for me, I, you know, they're one of my favorite groups. I think Aisha Coco is one of my favorite albums. These Animal Men versus The Charlatans. Um, so yeah, Charlatans, similar to Lightning Seeds, another one that kind of hung around from the previous kind of scene, but they just were so perfect in, in that Britpop era. Um, These Animal Men, that picture that I've used there is like the, is the front cover of the um, Accident and Emergency uh, record and that was up talking about the Bullingdon that was up in the Bullingdon arms and I was like these are just the coolest looking band with the best hair and you know I really need to listen to their stuff but I never did I never I never listened to any yeah. of the things they ever did um, back in the 90s and it was only in the more recent years that I've actually thought what was that band where there was the picture of them and they were like really cool in the book? Oh, these animal men. And actually I have listened to their stuff in recent years and they are very good, but not, you know, they're not the charlatans. Bloody hell. I, I think that the charlatans, I think melting pot by the charlatans is the best, best of, of any of the, of the nineties groups. Yeah. I think, I mean, they've got great individual albums. Don't get me wrong, but as a singles collection, I think that's the best singles collection of any, 90s group and i'll fight i'll fight anyone that disagrees telling stories and well anything like one to another and all, all the stuff that the charlatans came out within that 90s period or the the Britpop period was just amazing i had a speedo t-shirt uh, just because i saw him wear one and on david letterman or something on top of the pops this is tim burgess i modeled my hair on him um you know everything just about the band was just superb and i mean i was just thinking right how do i learn to play the hammond organ you know <laughs> they were a great band great band so charlatans what we got uh, here divine comedy and shed and the, seven and the sheds well what do you think about this pairing then well personally this one for me is quite easy in uh it's divine comedy oh um, i wasn't expecting yeah. that I know. I th so there you go. Don't, don't <laughs> prejudge. Yeah, I've I always loved the Divine Comedy. Uh, like, you know, humorous lyrics, the Baroque pop kind of style, um, like the so just so witty and and brilliant songs, beautifully put together. And over many years as well, many albums and and you know, but like in the mid nineties, he was incredible. Um, Shed Seven were one of those bands that in the 90s were just like also rans to me i didn't like the big singles i liked getting better but they were just ones that i didn't you know they were just like oh yeah yeah they're decent but i never bothered to see them live like nothing anything like that and it was really took me back over the last few years how shed seven and now 
probably like from the, the original 90s bands, they're right in the top echelon. They do shed Semba every couple of years and they fill arenas. Yeah. And there's bands like Cast. I mean, at the time, Cast were bigger than Shed 7, I would say. And now Cast is supporting Shed 7. You know, it's and and so it just shows like, and they were probably the most derided in terms of, you know, people, you know, the, the music press taking a piss out of them and stuff. There's probably a lot of that, the fact they were from York and uh, you know, and you know, Rick Witter's look and things like that. And they were they were quite slated by the press. It didn't help them, but yeah, but it's amazing. Like their music has really, really stood the test of time. In that now, yeah, even twenty five years on, they're like playing these huge arena gigs. So as much as you know, I'm sure that the the listeners completely went Shed Seven, but for me, Divine Comedy really holds a special place in my heart, and they're probably in my top ten bands, you know, of all time. Yeah, I, I, I'll let you have Divine Comedy. I would have said uh, Shed Seven all day long, but I appreciate what you're saying about just the writing alone for 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 divine comedy and um he's a laureate isn't he really in terms mm. of just what he sees in the 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 quaintness of the lyrics and just the observations and things shirt seven is just very you know what you see is what you get you know it's not on the same level in terms of songwriting but they, and it wouldn't be it's just not their style it's mm. um I spoke to Rick as well. He did episode one for me, and that was kind of the real kind of catalyst for me doing the whole podcast. If, if Rick Witter says yes, then there's a, I've got an opportunity to speak to lots of other people because it just goes to show exactly. that people are quite happy to do that. You're right in terms of their longevity and what they've achieved, but um, I'm happy to go with your choice because I think that's fair and I'm reasonable because I'll pick one later on that we'll argue about. Yeah. Fair enough. When, when is one that you're when one you're oh, okay, so you're getting this in your back pocket, are you? Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, Fair I'm enough. playing the long game when it gets to the end uh... and I can choose Radiohead. <laughs> Hurricane number one versus the stereophonics. The star stereophonics. That's how it's pronounced. Yeah, exactly. It's no joke, I can tell you. That was Welsh, <laughs> by the way. Well, Shall I lead this one? I mean, Hurricane Go number one were, were great. Um, and I, I loved the, the singles, but I don't think they did an album. Did they do an album? They did two albums. Did they? Christ, I missed that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Step into and my world. And I think world. they've gone on, I think post Andy Bell, uh, just under Alex, they've gone on to do other stuff. And Alex, uh, the singer, is a bit of a um, character as well. He's, he, He's isn't a bit he... of a... A lunatic, isn't it? What yes. you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I've I wasn't going to say that. Isn't he, I've, yeah. I've heard this, but I've not. I didn't. I read something on Twitter. Is he a bit? Is he worse than Ian Brown in terms of? I think what he's he a might... bit. Yeah, I think he's a bit UKIPy in that side of it. But oh, um, it's a shame, isn't it? I suppose. I yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked the singles, Stereophonics, as we're now going to call them. I really enjoyed the first couple of albums, and I really liked uh, Jeep or Just Enough Education to Perform. I thought that was a nice little change in style and Mr. Writer and all the, the songs that were on that. They're a bit samey, though, now. I mm. mean, their new stuff I heard, they play on Radio 2 a lot, which is my second favourite radio station after Greatest Hits Radio, uh, because I can't <laughs> listen to new music anymore. But that it sounds like it's, which well, it sounds like it's, it's stereophonics put in a blender and then stuck out again and they've recorded it to me. And I don't mean that in a, I do mean that in a derogatory way because there's no other way you could interpret that. But <laughs> um, sorry, stereophonics fans, but I, I find Kelly Jones has got an amazing voice. He's a great vocalist, but it, it's like, well, there's, there's two 
middle of the road for me, I'm afraid. Mm. But I would choose them over Hurricane Number One. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think just based on first album versus first album, I think that um, uh, yeah, the Stereophonics. What is a word gets around? Because if you remember, I mean, I saw them supporting the Who in 1997. The Who were doing, or maybe 96. The Who were doing um, Quadrophenia live, mm. and um, this was before Entwistle died. And so, and it was, and Stereophonics supported them. And at the time, if you remember, Stereophonics was like the next Mannix because they were, because the songs were all about like suicide and, you know, and, and these really interesting topics. Every song on that first album is like a short story. And then like, when you said like Mr. Writer, for me, it's like, so you were doing these like amazing short story songs about like life in this small town and these creating these brilliant like characters and they're really well put together songs, um, like almost kinks, you know, kinks, Ian, um, but with a bit more of that sort of seventies rock sound. And, but now you're, you're whinging about being on tour and you're whinging about, you know, writers giving you bad reviews. Yeah. Oh, come on lads like why, why aren't you doing more of those sort of songs you know and and you know to be fair i haven't dug into albums um majorly um but yeah i i, I do sort of think you know they they sort of went into that like oh we're now a touring rock band playing rock and you know and just knocking out the same stuff over and over again i, I do agree and but every now and then a song will jump out of the radio at me because as i said they're, they're good songwriters they're good players he's got a great voice but yeah and i sort of i i wish they'd kind of carried on down that kind of route especially with the lyrics um and then but anyway there you go so stereophonics through cast versus pure essence cast 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 pure pure essence <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're just gonna find new ways to pronounce the band names this is what this annoying, is annoying yeah annoying ways to so so pure essence is another one of those similar to rialto to me in that they had like a few good singles uh was it that feeling when i get that feeling that was their big one i don't um, know this band um i i i have heard know no i know i mean i know of them i've heard them but I, i'm not i'm not i don't know i just don't know them i don't think i've got any kind of say on them but caster were okay i think casts were all right weren't they i mean a lot of think the problem with cast is i might have sorry i've interrupted you because you were talking about them but cast when you look listen back to some of cast you think it actually wasn't that great it wasn't that great you know i mean i, I the Lars was so much better yeah. john and john john powers just a bit weak in terms of vocals i think i mean the guitar was great i know the guitarist was just really technically uh, uh talented and some of the band and the drumming was good and that but i just felt john power didn't really carry the band but i i i think they were you know one one album wonder really for me i'm finding a very brutal side to myself i might be <laughs> undoing everything i've done for the last two years all these people let's just hope that, that yeah they never listen to it otherwise that's it well not getting john power on john power's never answered my emails either so this is probably oh, the, this, this is the way this is going and this happened last time i think when if the people that don't have not been on the show are not going to get a good time with me here's <laughs> um here's my my pure essence story is that pure essence played uni when i was at um at leicester 
I can't even remember whether I saw them, but I, all of what I remember is, no, I think I did see them. And then um, back at our house, our student house, one of the um, like one of the, the girls who was one of our friends came around and she was like, oh, she's a Northern girl. And she's like, oh, I, I pulled the lead singer. You pulled the lead singer, really? She goes, oh yeah, I pulled the lead singer. I said, really, what happened? She goes, oh, he was looking at me from the stage. Wait, but you didn't like <laughs> get off with him? No, but I pulled him. See, think... to me, if you pull someone, it means you actually you snogged them. Yeah. Whereas in in Northern, apparently, pulled just means you could have you could have snogged them. Uh, I mean, that, in that case, I've pulled a lot of women <laughs> <laughs> and men. So you know, so it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I don't know if that if that's a Northern thing or if that is just that her in her own weird take on it but anyway all right so we put in cast through almost by um default yeah <laughs> all right who have we got next the seahorses versus the candy skins oh the candy skins well a great band and oh good i was wondering if you were good because the candy skins are weird that they some people know them and love them and then some people just never even heard of them even people that were big on the and now obviously the oxford bias again yeah here. yeah uh, someone else from another part of the country making this as they may not have even included them but you know i think they definitely deserve a place in there just for the, the quality of the music and also the success they had a couple of top 40 singles so you know that puts them ahead of you know like these animal men or whatever who other these other bands that were kind of in and around that sort of lower end but yeah it's, it's really tricky this one because as i said the seahorses won you know a great album very weird album because you've got like basically a, a singer songwriter in Chris Helm and then and then John Squire just squiring all over his music whereas then you've got like uh, uh the Candy Skins who are you know as I said I'm I'm biased because they're one of my favorite bands and they you know I watched them countless times in Oxford in the 90s and was kind of rooting for them like your home team you know I was always rooting for the Candy Skins to make it and and they never quite did uh they had they had like we're talking about unfortunate luck they had a really bad run of unfortunate luck i mean the, the big and obvious one being that they were their big song was called car crash and it was due to be released uh and then princess diana died in a car crash <laughs> and so they had to pull it and it's like oh my god you know that was their moment that was the the one thing that was going to push them and then they they had to pull it but yeah whether well, so, they had they had an, a, a, a tremendously unfortunate run of things and I, I spoke to mark cope from the band for the podcast back in season one and he's like a music teacher now he's a guitar teacher and he had a lovely chat with him and he, he talks about all those things you know about you know they had a, an album so he had a song that was going out on a um on a soundtrack album to a film and it was the moment and then it just got pulled from the album and then didn't get on the film and they had loads of stuff like that in america and you know, the press turned against them because they went to America and they were signed without really doing any indie label work, if you know what I mean. And I, I, I'm the same as you. I was co completely rooting for them because I loved them. I mean, saw them once. I only saw them once live. And they when they came to Southampton, fell in love with them. And I even talk, we talked about their T TFI Friday or TGI Fridays. What is it? TFI. TFI. Fucking hell. TFI Fridays. <laughs> Thing. and I was just so happy for them you know when they did uh Monday morning and oh, what was it hey Mrs Hoover I can't remember was it it's Monday morning wasn't it that was their big song they did Monday morning on on that that's yeah. right yeah um, great band I, I mean I, they they did deserve so much more and better they uh, I loved them 
when you mentioned the you know, mentioned the seahorses and I I just realized that this is just a massive plug for my show but I did speak to Chris Helm recently and he 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 he's quite you know I wouldn't say not bitter that's the wrong word but he's very realistic about what what happened in that band and how it happened and what the control was like and it's obviously his version of of events because I don't think John Squire does talk a lot about anything but um no. I, I think how that band operated and how it works was a dictatorship or it was extremely difficult for him as a writer as a singer and 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 how how you know the direction or his vision was just not not um really taken into account at all so it's it's no it's no surprise it ended up how it did and, and how they ended mm. up and how what he's doing now but he's such a great singer mm. I, I think we should put through the candy skins yeah let's do it the auteurs versus mm. McCalmont and butler yes i do feel better <laughs> so this for me is like uh, the auteurs is is a band that i've been like oh yeah no i should really listen to the auteurs shouldn't i yeah. And over the years I have, and I've gone, yeah, I can see why people like them. And, you know, and I'm sure that some people have done that for Divine Comedy. You know, I've done that for the auteurs probably 10 times in my life. I've gone, no, I, I really need to listen to the auteurs, put it on and listen to a few tracks and just gone, yeah, and turned it off, you know. Whereas McCalmont and Butler for me is just yes is the best is the best song ever made ever yeah yeah <laughs> and, you know yes is just the perfect song and if you've ever been to a star shaped and when they play yes it's just heaven um, but the rest of the album I, no I think there's another single called you do I think which was very good yeah. but then the rest of the album I just found a bit crap a bit kind of you know 90s mainstream rubbishy soul you know um, but it's, so for me it's like a band that was like supposed to be good but i've just never got on with them versus something i think is generally not very good except for there's one absolutely amazing mm. song <laughs> what a song though yeah I'm, I'm i'm not a massive auteurs fan i mean I, I know they are the thinking man's indie 90s britpop music aren't they and they would never call themselves britpop oh it's yeah very, Luke quite, gets very pissed off about yeah, that yeah that's why i mean he declined to come on the podcast i think because it was called back to britpop in those days so I'm not mm -hmm. surprised he didn't want to speak to me. I want to go with McCormick and Butler because of, uh, yes, because it is a glorious song. Manson versus Silversun. Yeah. So I feel bad here because instantly, I mean, Silversun is a band that uh, had, you know, some really great singles, you know, really brilliant singles, but I never listened to them beyond that. Mm. Um, Manson, I think of, are one of the most underrated bands of the last sort of 30 odd years. I love uh, Attack of the Grey Lantern. I love the the album that came after that, Six. After that, I think it was all okay. But, you know, those two albums, I think are two of the two of the best albums of the last 30 years. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Mm. But then, you know, the fact that James from Silver Sun died last year, I sort mm. of think, oh, let's just stick him through because he, because he died. Yeah. But no, I, I uh, uh, it would be Manson for me. Just the the sheer quality of those two albums is just mind blowing. Yeah, I'm not really a hundred percent with sort of knowledgeable about Silver Sun. They're a band that kind of escaped me a lot, like some of the other sort of more obscure ones or ones that bands that just never seem to just connect with me. Um, Manson, you know, I had a love hate relationship. I liked some of this stuff. You know, Wide Open Space and Tax Losses, Tripper Vicar, and things like that were great. And um, Wide Open Space is just 
a massive song. It's so good. I love it. It's so eerie and, and haunting and, and just, a, yeah, a fantastic song. But I, I agree with you. I, without, you know, I have not a great opinion on either one of these bands to be able to talk to you succinctly about them, especially after two very large Baileys. So uh, Manson. Manson the through. Who's this? That, that is Suede, <laughs> mate. Ah, the Suede. I love those guys. The Suede, and that is Powder. Powder. Yes. Powder. Pearl Low. Well, but yeah, as I said, the uh, Aphrodisiac was a big single. I wasn't sure if you, because I, I think of Powder and Salad, kind of they sort of go together for me because the lead singer thing and, yeah. um, you know, and it's similar sound. But but to be honest, beyond Aphrodisiac and a couple of other songs, I've not really heard that much of them. Um, whereas Suede are Suede. <laughs> Suede are the big four, aren't they, really? The big, yeah. I mean, Suede are great. And they, they just, I mean, there's so many... I mean, there's so many, so many great albums, but Dogman Star was is superb, and and uh, what's the song? The second album with the trash on it and everything, and beautiful ones. And well, that that was the there was two pre, but says Suede and Dogman Star, and then then it was coming up that's coming got up. trash and yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we'll get into it when they when they come up against a, a proper challenge because I think we're both probably happy for Suede to beat Powder. <laughs> um, Put them through. But yeah, Suede, uh, like we were talking about last episode, that there's they were just one of those bands, same same as Gene. They went with Gene in my head, and like I just like, oh, I didn't really like him. I didn't like his floppiness and his <laughs> flounciness, and um, you know, I just that sort of annoyed me. Whereas I did, I had no issue with Jarvis. I loved Jarvis Cocker. Whereas something about Jarvis that I loved, whereas the way that Brett did it, just ugh, I didn't like him. I found him icky, okay. and so <laughs> and uh, oh. and you know and but then actually you know I've have gone back and listened to a lot of their stuff, and the first albums I now accept are masterpieces. Once you get into you know film style, no 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 no, and all that <laughs> stuff on that. Oh, he's in the Lenore. room again. Ugh, yeah, I I don't like that stuff. But the first two albums. I think are great. I think Bernard, uh, Bernard uh, Butler's really made them for me. Have you ever thought about doing stars in your eyes, James? Yes. Yeah. Tonight, I Matthew. <laughs> I will be every Britpop singer. Uh, You've we, done the hard part. Now we're now we're in the kind of the plank. Now, well, I suppose it gets easier, but it's more like a case of quick fire now, isn't it? With this, yeah, it always gets. A, so we've already shared now. So we're into the the next round. So. Um, we've all shared kind of all our views and all these, but it, it just sometimes becomes a bit trickier because then you're coming up against people that might be, you know, that might be a bit more of a debate. Um, yeah. Round two, ding, ding. Blur versus the Supernaturals. Blur. <laughs> Blur. <laughs> For all the reasons uh, yes. we said before, I mean, like I say, Supernaturals are a, a fantastic band, but Blur just have to go through because of Blur what we said. Blur or Blur. Corner shop versus the blue tones. I would have said the blue tones prior to a certain situation, but I just don't know how to, to get past that because it's so hard. Because I I'm so disappointed. It was like when Rolf Harris, it's like a Rolf Harris situation with me. I fucking loved Rolf Harris as a child. <laughs> I had his books, I watched his programs, I just thought he was a legend. And then it, and then obviously I was destroyed by the situation, and it disappoints me now. Well, should we put through Corner Shop then, seeing as he's Tajinda's done both our podcasts? So I think that sort of swings it, really. Let's do it. <laughs> 
slam dunk. Someone who's done both our podcasts versus someone who's, you know, a horrible man to women. Radiohead versus Travis. Well, Radiohead, isn't it's it? Radiohead, but I'm, yeah. yeah, great two great bands to put together though, because Travis are, you know, like I say, massive, but Radiohead are massive. I think Radiohead can do what Travis can do, and they can do a hundred other things. Yeah, whereas Travis can only do that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see what I mean, I, I, that, I, I made a good point there. I think very good. Not heard it put it that way before. Kinnicky <laughs> <laughs> uh, versus Supergrass. Supergrass. Supergrass, same again. I think Supergrass can do what Kinnicky can do. They can do that like two minute punk pop single, yeah. but they can actually do a load more. So I've made the same, <laughs> I made a good point. So I'm making it again. Make it again. Supergrass are through. It's a good point. You double, use it as much as you like. So I think it works. <laughs> what about this one? Can you do the same thing here? Maybe not. No, no, no. But they're, but they're very the, different. It's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Yeah, we should probably say what it is because this oh, is an yeah. audio podcast. So <laughs> this is the charlatans versus Divine Comedy. Yeah, I think we have to, for me, it's the charlatans just because of the, the, the catalogue of work they've done. I mean, I don't know whether, I mean, in your mind, because you're such a fan of, of, of the Divine Comedy, would, uh, does that kind of still mean that you would put them in front of the charlatans based on just how your connection with them? No, I think for me personally, if this was just me personally doing what are my favourites, then I would go Divine Comedy because they're my favourites. But yeah. I accept that it's like, you know, the charlatans, their body of work is incredible. Like the, you know, and like even stuff like Forever, you know, and and uh, or the, the Us and Us Only album where it went a bit more Dylan-y and acoustic-y or they've had the different, they've had different styles as well over the years and great live band and yeah so while personally you know as a singer songwriter neil hannon is a hero for me but then you know the charlatans are a brilliant band who i really love so yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, so i'm happy to put the charlatans through tim will be um, pleased stereophonics versus cast cast mm. well i don't think i like either of these bands enough to put any either of them for you can we through can we have one of the other ones back let's have uh, <laughs> i would happily have one of the other bands back and put these both out <laughs> can't do that can we no there's breaking the rules mm, breaking the rules we, no what would you choose that's really tough actually because like we we're saying i think we've got i think word gets around lyrically being so strong takes it because yeah. I think All Change is a good, you know, 60s-sounding rock-pop album, but the lyrics aren't special, whereas I think that the lyrics of Word Gets Around take it. Yeah, take it on their, take it on their album. I think that's a good a good shout. Yeah. yeah. All Let's right. put the stereophonics through. Cool. McCallum and Butler versus Candy Skins. Oh, Candy Skins. Candy Skins. Uh, Suede versus Manson. Well, the suede for me. Um, suede are great. I know you, you've got a, a little bit of an issue with Brett, which we need to probably talk about later. But I mean, they, they were look at the, they they had some great songs and they were great looking band, um, stylish. Yeah, I, I mean, the first three albums, and I know I missed one out or I got confused over the years, but they're great and wild ones. You've and, you've drunk a lot of Bailey's over the years. <laughs> yeah, Bailey's has ruined me. It's like it's like it's like gin for the Queen Mother, but it's Bailey's with me. 
I'm ruined by Bailey's. I'm just, you cut me open, it's just creamy liqueur. But let's let's go with suede. I don't think we can talk too much about suede because they're so bloody popular. It's like, Paul, where, where'd you go? What can you say? Yeah, yeah, it's all been said before. Yeah, I, just to just for for the record, personally, I would have put Manson through at this point. Really? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that. I mean, like album for album. Yeah, like I said, uh, you've got. If you go back and listen to um, Manson's second album called Six, it's brimming with ideas. It's yeah. it's really fizzing. You know, there's songs like Being a Girl and and Negative and these these songs that are like, I think being girls like nine minutes long and it goes through all these different changes and stuff. And, you know, it's very, very clever and witty. Paul Draper is a bit of a character as well, by the sounds of it, but there you go. I, I, I think, um, you know, you've got songs like the wild ones and metal Mickey and we, we are the pigs and stuff like that. Just stay oh, together. No, stay they're together. great. Animal nitrate. Oh. They're stay so together good, is amazing. I love yeah, that. They song. are great. The sound is, you know, the sound is great. The lyrics great. I get that. It's just, I, I, I know it's just a personal thing. I, you know, exactly the same as with Gene. It's just, I can't quite connect with the main guy, but, um, but yeah, no, I'm more than happy to put them through though. I do think they deserve to go through. Let's, let's put Brett and his gang through then. All right. So, blur. Oh, so next round now. Next blur round now. versus Corner Shop. This is probably, before we go any further, this is probably a good opportunity to tell people to go and get a cup of tea and a biscuit again, isn't it? Because we're on the final <laughs> bit. We probably should have done that last, about, you know, 10 minutes ago. Yes. But, well, get your biscuit of choice. Pause it. Are you back? Right. Now you're back. Now, if that was, if you didn't go and get a cup of tea, why? Why not? Um, but if you did, well done. You're back. We're back now. We're on the home stretch now. And it's Blur and Corner Shop. Yes. You couldn't do this with live radio, could you? No. 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 This isn't radio. This is podcasting. Exactly. This is the real, this is the true, this is the true podcasting. <laughs> this, is the well. this is the future medium. This is white men in their 40s talking about things that no one's listening to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got an opinion. So, therefore, we're going to make you listen to it. Um, I, I love Corner Shop, but it's got to be Blur, to be honest, isn't it? The Blurs get it for me. Yeah. Sorry to Jinder. Radiohead Ooh. versus Supergrass, the Battle of Oxford. There you go. Oh, that's good, isn't it? There you go. That's great. Well, Radiohead this is a difficult versus... one. I reckon you'd choose Supergrass, wouldn't you? No, I, I would go Radiohead, actually, to be honest. I, I think that personally, the Benz and OK Computer are in my top 20 albums of all time, like just for pleasant, pleasant listening, etc. But then, you know, and then, and then, like I said earlier, like I really appreciate, and Pablo Honey, I think is really good as well, but I don't think they quite found their sound yet. No. Whereas then, whereas then the latest stuff, it's like, I know it's brilliant. I know it's special, but it's just not for me. Yeah. Whereas Supergrass, I think have been great all the way through. And actually when we're talking about, you know, the, the charlatans having the best, best of, actually Supergrass is best of, I think is right up there as well. I think their singles collection is incredible, but mm. then also their albums are great as well. So, so no, I think that Radiohead, I, I appreciate are the better band. We happily go Radiohead. Oh, good. Cause I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think, I think it's the right decision, but lots of probably listeners and lots of people would definitely choose Supergrass at this point, based on kind of what we're looking at in terms of the musical style mm. and, you know, Britpop essentially in nineties music, but Take take what Radiohead did in the '90s. Matt Everett, I think, said in in his um, 
interview with me for the podcast about you know when he was obviously in menswear and they were doing what they were doing and then you know radiohead came along and did you know okay computer and stuff he was like this is what i want to be doing and this is where mm. if we can't compete with this this is the this is the nuts sort of thing and it's just too good like yeah paranoid yeah. android you know and paranoid android is the comeback single and you're just like jesus like this is this is just so good yeah. <laughs> like I, that's, that's an awful way to explain it but yeah. you know they they can you know most people struggle to write a good coherent three minute song whereas they can get you know they could do three minute songs all day long similar to bowie mm. in that he's like well i could do that but why why would i no yeah, i'm gonna yeah. you know what i mean that's just amazing to have that ability but then go no that's not enough for me i'm gonna do this Right, Thank Radiohead you. become the kings of Oxford. Mm. Um, well, unless they come up against Candyskins. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? yeah, God. That'd be tricky. Candyskins are still in there. Charlatans versus Stereophonics. That's an easy one. Let's, just, yeah, let's, okay, let's, let's choose Charlatans. Charlatans yes, please. Happy with that. <laughs> oh, the Candyskins. versus the Candyskins. <laughs> you know which way I would go on this, but, however, I do appreciate that Suede are better. You know what I mean? Uh, as much as... Like we're saying, we love the Candy Skins, great band, really unfortunate, great songs. Personally, I'd always listen to the Candy Skins over Suede, but I do yeah. appreciate that Suede are a better band. With- this is where the rain ends for the Candy Skins. Quite, I think we we've we we can champion them in our own ways, but we've got to probably put Suede through based on you know this the the the, the writing, uh, the lyrics, and lots of other lots of other reasons, guitar work and just their distinctive sound. And I think the Candy Skins would, if they were bigger, they, this is probably, they wouldn't have got, I don't, I don't know, I just can't, I can't put it into words really very well, but I think their reign in this competition ends here because it, mm. it seems natural for them to fall out here because the suede, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean we wouldn't, we don't like, you know, like them as much. I think we would probably both say, you know, the Candy Skins mean so much to us both because of the, all the reasons we've talked about, but I think, Swage is edging above them in, in terms of just yeah. overall, but yeah, we're, it's I'm levels. Rambling. It's levels, isn't it? Yeah. It's levels, mate. Uh, Suede beat the candy skins. Oh, that breaks my heart to do that, but there you go. It is. All what right, it is. now, now we are into real the big hitters territory here. This is now the semi-finals, isn't it? Yeah, this well, is no, not this what is the, the quarterfinals to, to then go through to the to semi-final, and the semi-final is the Oasis uh in the final so now now we're in we're in something that's happened that i did not want to happen so we've got (laughs) blur versus radiohead now we've talked about radiohead quite a lot i mean what's your thoughts on blur what's your what's your life experience with blur i do like blur i do like blur a lot and i liked blur as much as you know all all the music that was coming at the time i thought when park life came out it was the best thing ever and then went probably on to explore a bit more detail, modern life and leisure and things like that, because I hadn't probably been that in touch with it because it was early 90s and I I was still listening to different types of music in the very early 90s. I was still into grunge, you know, and rock and heavy metal and things. It was only till sort of 93, 94 that I started to branch out into sort of indie guitar music. And then I love 13 and and Blur Blur, sorry, and Beetle Bum and all that jazz. And I, I kind of went off... When 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 Graham Coxon left and it was Think Tank and stuff like that, I, I kind of I, I wasn't as keen on them, but I still still think they're an amazing band. They are an amazing band. The fact they still do stuff together and 
I, I think I would, I, I, Radiohead for me, but I don't, it would be great to have the 1996, whatever it was, a blurb for Oasis. But I, I don't know, I'm happy to, to say goodbye to Radiohead at this point because of, you know, maybe their reign ends here in terms of longevity and the 90s sound and kind of what, what this competition is about. Yeah, I, I think it's really difficult here because I just talked about how much how great Radiohead are and how much I, you know, how much I appreciate them. But then I think what they, what Blur do, like Blur have got, like, you know, we haven't talked about being touched as much this episode. In no. Lot, so we talked about being touched a lot. We learn I our think, lessons. Yeah, yeah. Blur have got a lot of songs that I think, I think maybe I mean you might t- tell me this is completely wrong as you you know Radiohead a lot better than I do but I think that Blur have got uh, he's got that Damon's got the ability to touch people you know there, there's a there's a sweetness about a lot of when he when he chooses to do that mm. you know when he chooses to really just go for it with things like to the end or end of a century or tender things like that that I think are really powerful and touching songs. Mm. Whereas I don't know, Radiohead's, I suppose Radiohead a bit more head and Blur a bit more heart. Although yeah. the Blur have got the, the, that comedy comedy side to them as well, you know, with the more, with the kinksy story songs as well. So, yeah, personally, I would play Blur more than Radiohead. And I think that Blur have got that. I don't think they've, you know, they're right up there. I think Radiohead in terms of like, you know, because they've got this extra level where they're practically jazz kind of, they are a rung ahead of them. Personally, I, I prefer Blur for the, you know, I would listen to them more. And I think they've got like, they've got songs for lots of different occasions for me. Like yeah. Sunday, Sunday is a great Sunday song and, you know, and, and different things like that. So yeah, I, I'm, I'd be, I'm easy either way on this one. Cause I think both of these bands are exceptional there's similar similarities between the two bands if you take you know you talked about just the vocal and the tenderness of the vocal part and the pun but Damon Albarn can deliver some really poignant sort of heartfelt lyrics in a tender way uh, you know mm-hmm. he, he'll connect you probably a little bit quicker than uh, you know Tom York will but he'll do exactly the same thing but he'll do it in a more abstract way and with a lot more maybe haunting to to it you, know, you look mm-hmm. at um the guitarists as well a very distinct guitarist in terms of you know, the wizardry that they can do. So you've got Johnny Greenwood for Radiohead, which is he's a phenomenal composer mm. as well. And then, you know, Graham Coxon and what he can physically achieve uh, in terms of guitar playing is, again, fantastic and, and second to none, apart from Johnny Greenwood, obviously. But yeah, I think it instant, <laughs> instantly kind of probably get more of an instantaneous connection with Blur because of the they are like yeah, storytelling in a more conventional yeah. way. It's more linear. You know, you've got to really delve... You got to be in the red head, right headspace again. Puns for mm. Radiohead, um, but it. I, I think I think I would go Blur because of the, the talking about the era and what they delivered. Yeah. Um, uh, from from that that catalogue for the nineties music, um, it felt like at Radiohead were always still trying to find a sound for themselves and pushing the envelope. Whereas I think Blur found it in you know, uh, in Park Life and and uh, the Great Escape. And then from those two albums, it was like, well, this is this is us. We've really kind of taken this sound as far as it can go. And then they kind of went into more. It's almost like they went back 
to like late eighties, nineties, like grungy sound for the for mm. for the Blur album. But anyway, yeah, Blur. I think we should just recognize cool. Blur right. before we talk Let's ourselves it, out then. of it. Let's go Blur then. I mean, uh, yeah, what a great band. Suede versus the Charlatans. Charlatans, um, I think. You're happy to go Charlatans over Suede, yeah? I don't know actually. What do you think? Well, my preference would be Charlatans. I, I don't think. I think like like we're saying about certain band, you know, level of quality and level of impact and things like that, and whether the guitar lines and things like that. I think the Suede's this first that first era of Suede, but I think if you look at, I think they did fall off a lot, you know, when in that, you know, I know it was probably their most successful album, but <clears throat> I just don't think it's that good. It's that coming up album, whereas I think the Charlatans' quality just maybe they didn't hit peaks but no no i think they did like <laughs> what, yeah. myself out of it. Yeah. one to another and how high and weirdo and sproston green and bam 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 so many great songs yeah and not yeah. just that but like great albums as well with deep and different ideas and different songwriting so yeah i personally i would go charlatans i mean i can't get out of bed and and uh mm. um that's just love it. just fantastic feel good songs but yeah go on, jesus put, put... hairdo just yeah. when you're thinking things over mm. um you know, like, well, I'm just naming the Melting Pot album, like I said earlier, my favourite best of albums. So, but they, they make you know. feel, they, they lift the mood. And I think that's right. They're, they're a feel good band. And that's what Suede aren't, you know, mm-hmm. they have got some deep, deep cuts going on. And but uh, Charlatans will, will lift you to elevate your mood and make you feel better about the crappy day that you've had. <laughs> so let's right. put let's put Tim let's in his put the Charlatans through. through. All right, cool. Right, so the semi-final then. The semi-final. Oasis in the final is Blur (laughs) versus the Charlatans. Well, (laughs) it couldn't be any more cliched, but I I think it's Blur. It's Blur have got to go through over Charlatans because of all the reasons we've talked about. It feels like Damon Albarn's always trying to you know, find and explore new ways to, to write music and do things with the band. And I think for that reason, quite rightly, they'll go through, which is ironic considering we're probably going to have a massive face-off now. Well, I'm, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm more than happy to put them through. Although just to say, you know, we, we almost excluded uh, Blue Tones because of Mark Morris, uh, uh, his actions. Yeah. Do you think we can put through Alex James because he's a cheese farmer? And he hangs out with like David Cameron and Jeremy Clarkson on his farm in North Oxfordshire. I'm, I, it's sad. I, I'm, I'm more. I'm, I'm more. I feel sorry for him more than I'm angry at him because it's it's more the fact that he's clearly just too too posh for his own good, and he's he's got delusions of grandeur. He just stick to bass or do whatever, do whatever, but don't don't rub people's face in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're any, is he a Tory then? Oh well, I, I don't I don't know his political affiliations, but yeah, sounds like he, it, he's it? in the he's in the Chipping Norton set with David Cameron and the former editor of the Sun and Jeremy Clarkson. Like they're a little little unit. Fuck blur. Get Charlotte and put Charlotte through. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave is a Labour Party councillor. Yeah, so well, that's know, fine. So. He's 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 a he's a lovely, intelligent guy. Yeah. And I think and he that sort of weighs itself offset, out. He it? offsets Alex with he his, offsets. the carrot, the carrot eating, champagne swigging, <laughs> cheese making knob, and, and <laughs> bum biting. Because then he bite Nikki Bereni's bum, and she 
didn't like it, which is still, you know, just goes to show the misogyny is ripe with cheese farmers. Not only is the cheese ripe, but the misogyny is ripe as well. But put blur through is what, is what I'm All trying right. to say. We'll cool. just okay. turn a blind eye to Alex. There we go then. So after this epic two-part over two years, what a surprise has come <laughs> down to Blur versus Oasis. What a waste of time. We could have just what a done waste this. Of time. We could have just skipped to that. We didn't have to discuss Rialto. <laughs> yeah. Bloody Rialto, Kinnicky, um, and bloody these animal men. Well, I think this is going to, this is the hardest. It's hard to choose. But should we not choose? Should we put it to the Twitter again? This is the, the end of the podcast for us. This is the end of the line. We've reached the end. It's been, a, it's been emotional. <clears throat> But I feel that we need to hand it over to the Oasis podcast listeners to make a very unbiased decision. <laughs> uh, you've got a much better, you've got a much bigger following than I have because you've been doing this for a lot longer, and you know Oasis are a loved band. But yes, I, I think I know where it might go. But I've got, I know a lot of Russian bots. Um, <laughs> right. So either way, we'll we'll put something out on the social media to so keep your eyes on that. But ultimately. The journey for us ends. And uh, whether yes. you hear the episode first before the tweet, it completely depends. We won't know what comes first, but it will be one or the other, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's been a hell of a journey, James. Yes, and it doesn't matter who wins because I think ultimately music has been the winner. We, we are the world. We are the future. <laughs> well, James, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm so glad we managed to do it. Um, yes. And I think we've, you know, if, if there are still people listening... We'd love to hear from you as well. Get involved on the uh, on the chat and uh, let us know what you think of our stupid decision-making and uh, incoherent chatter. At least there was no business, uh, a biscuit talk this time around. No, no, I, I sort of, I, 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 I know that. you went for it. You pushed for the biscuit talk and I swerved the you biscuit talk. So. Chris, yeah, oh, I can't help it. I'm such a biscuit uh, uh, lover. Right. That's it for now. All right. Thank you, Chris. Great, great. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, as I said, for people that are listening over on Indie Alt Pod, then do make sure you listen to the Oasis podcast if you're interested in Oasis or the me talking rubbish, which is what we normally do, which is all good fun. But yeah, so thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for doing this. It's been brilliant, James. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.